One, April eighteen o nine, London, England. A pox on duty, a plague on the pesky dukedom too. Not the tiniest speck of remorse troubled Jules, Duke of Dandridge, as he bolted from the crush of his godmother Theodora, Viscountess Lockhart's fiftieth birthday ball, without bidding the dear lady a proper farewell at that. She'd forgive his discourtesy, his early departure too. Unlike his mother, his uncles, and the majority of Le Beau Monde, Theo understood him. To honour her, he'd put in a rare social appearance, and even stood up for the obligatory dances expected of someone of his station. Through sheer doggedness, he'd also forced his mouth to curve upward. Good God, his face ached from the effort, and suffered the toady posturing of husbands stalking mamas and their bevy of pretty, wide-eyed offspring. Eager to snare an unattached duke, noteworthy considering not so very long ago, Jules scarcely merited a passing glance from the same tarnished females now so keen to garner his favour. His perpetual scowl might be attributed to their disinterest. Tonight's worst offender, Theo's irksome sister-in-law, Mrs. Dunnant. The tenacious woman had neatly manoeuvred her admittedly stunning elder daughter, Adelinda, to his side multiple times. And only the Dammons' intimate connection to Theo had kept him from turning on his heel at the fourth instance, instead of graciously fetching mother and daughter the ratafia they'd requested. A rather uncouth mental dialogue accompanied his march to the refreshment table, nonetheless. Where was the other daughter, the sweet-tempered one, Miss Gemma Dammont, twiddling her thumbs at home again? Poor, kind, neglected sparrow of a thing. As children and adolescents, he and Gemma had been comfortable friends, made so by their similar distressing circumstances. But as must be, they'd grown up, and destiny or fate had placed multiple obstacles between them. He trotted off to university, shortly afterward becoming betrothed to Annabel, and for a time the Dammont simply faded from his and society's notice. Oh, on occasion, Giles had spied Gemma in passing. But she ducked her shiny, honey-coloured head and averted her acute sky-blue gaze, almost as if she was discomforted, or he'd somehow offended her. Yet after racking his brain, he couldn't deduce what his transgression might have been. At those times, recalling their prior relaxed companionship, his ability to talk to her about anything, or simply remain in compatible silence, an odd twinge pinged behind his ribs. Not regret exactly. Though he hardly knew what to label the disquieting sensation, quite simply, he missed her friendship and company. Since Theo's brother Jasper died two years ago, Jules had seen little of the Dammonts. According to Tattle, their circumstances had been drastically reduced. But even so, Gemma's absence at routs, soirees, and other town gatherings, which her mother and sister often attended, raised questions and eyebrows. At least. Arched Jules's brow and stirred his curiosity. If Gemma were present at more assemblies, perhaps he'd make more of an effort to put in an appearance, or perhaps not. He held no illusions about his lack of social acumen, a deficiency he had no desire to remedy, ever. A trio of ladies rounded the corner, and he dove into a niche beside a vase top table. The Chinese urn tottered, and he clamped the blue and white china between both hands. Lest it crash to the floor and expose him, he needn't have worried. 
so engrossed in their titillating gossip about whether Lord Bacon wore stays, none of the women was the least aware of his presence as they sailed past. Mentally patting himself on the back for his exceptionally civil behaviour for the past pair of vexing hours, Jules permitted a self-satisfied smirk and stepped back into the corridor. He nearly collided with Theo's aged mother-in-law, the dowager Viscountess Lockhart, come to town for her daughter-in-law's birthday. A tuft of glossy black ostrich feathers adorned her hair, the tallest of which poked him in the eye. Hell's bells! I beg your pardon, my lady. Eye-watering, Jules grasped her frail elbow, steadying her before she toppled over. Such did she sway. She chuckled, a soft crackle like delicate old lace, and squinted up at him, her faded eyes the colour of weak tea, snapping with mirth. Bolting, are you, Dandridge? Saucy, astute old bird. Nothing much escaped Fay, Dowager Viscountess Lockhart's notice. I prefer to call it making a prudently timed departure, which he'd be forced to abandon in order to assist the tottering dame back to her preferred throne, a seat in the ballroom. He'd congratulated himself prematurely, blast it. Allow me to escort you, Lady Lockhart. He daren't imply she needed his help, or she'd turn her tart tongue, and likely her china-handled cane, on him too.